0: Material Components, Season 2, Episode 38, The Siege of Berdia. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, thanks for being here. Heck yeah. Woo! (laughs) Hell
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey everybody, I am Olivia and I will be playing Florian of Ackalarn.
2: I am Elliot, and I am playing Shay.
3: I am Michael, and I am playing Oswald, Octavian, Theophilus III. And I am Reed, and I'll be playing Amari.
0: Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is Olivia. Do you remember what happened last time?
1: Only because it's mostly about me. Uh, No. Uh, Yeah, we are on Akalar, in fact, Um, Florian's homeworld. We are searching for, uh, well, we were searching for one of the children of um, A-tier. Did we ever get his first name?
0: You have not, no.
1: Okay, and we're not polite enough to ask, so uh, we're searching for Harcourt, who is one of the members of the Children of Tier, the last one left alive on this planet. When we touched down in the city where he is, we found out that it had been basically completely overrun by these giant... Fucked up lizard things that are way worse than what I was originally imagining. Mike sent us pictures over the break and I don't like it. <laughs> so we, well, and by we, I mean, Amari and Florian helped a tiny bit, drove these lizards off and were, I don't know, helping out the towns, towns folk, because apparently these things come back every, whenever it's dark. Amari and and Shay helped rebuild some of the battlements, um, and Florian found out that some people that he knows, his family-ish, kinda, is here, (laughs) and went to go have a reunion that was much less uh, joyous than he had imagined. Well, I who who freaking knows what's going on? Families, am I right? <clears throat> While he was doing that, Oswald was trying to get information on Harcourt because, uh, though he was present during the fending off of the of these giant lizard creatures, he had disappeared after the battle and found out that he. Basically just, like, hangs out in his prison cell when he's not fighting lizards, which, like, awesome, cool, same, I guess. Let's see, what else happened? I just said a lot of stuff, and I can't remember what it is, what it was.
0: You got a lot we, of the salient
1: points. There's a lot of, there's a lot of random townsfolk that were just kind of, like, defending their homes, but we're using, I don't know, Akalar is not the most supplied place planet in the galaxy and uh so we kind of made the decision that it would be best if you know we got as many people off of the planet as possible so that less people were in danger and this kind of last little or i I guess the next the next time the lizards arrived there would just be like people who were actually hopefully capable of fighting and fending them off and that we would just kind of hold out until the Tyresian can get back to save our asses. Yeah. Um, As we put a
2: bunch of people on the Tyresian in the shuttle and we're like, Get the hell
0: out of here!
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, also, I said I was going to get to this. Amari met my little brother and was a bad influence. On my already troubled brother. Sorry, there's- even a Blue's upset in the background. I know Blue's really upset. Amari.
4: Blue isn't much of a, a, a cat person.
0: <laughs> Weirdly enough. <laughs> but yes, you managed to evacuate the vast majority of the folks left here on one fifth of Aklar Here on Joretta, the wooded place, you managed to get. The last little scraps of folk off world, because it seemed over the last couple of weeks, these lizards, these muskers, as they've been called, are doing quite a bit to scourge this place clean of sapient peoples. And in doing so, they have succeeded in basically getting everybody off the world, if that is their intent. It's really tough to say with fungus lizards. Something that was discovered last time was that upon death, these muskers seemingly degrade or transform at a very rapid pace, turning into fungus, their corpses leaving nothing but mushrooms and mold behind. Another thing that was discovered was that the, these creatures also seem to prioritize targets of an etherically rich nature, which explain the shortage of firearms and transports, as it seems the creatures will go for those targets. Not quite sure why. No one's stopped to figure these things out. It's just been a mad dash to get off planet and not get killed by these things. Some other bits of information that were brought up was the fact that Florian let slip the theory, the posited theory, that these muskers are only reacting the way they are in order to get to Harcourt. Because of what the children of atier did here, primarily what you know so far is that they kicked the hornet's nest of these muskers. They went to the God's Tech Ruin here on Jiretta, recovered some artifact of some kind, and in doing so, let these fungus lizards boil up out of wherever it was they were from. But they also, in their attack, destroyed the main port on this world, making it much more difficult for people to escape that was probably the attack that was more widely reported on and what you initially heard about was them blowing up the pretty much only port here on this planetoid. That being said, this last little bastion of defense holds, at least for now, as the Tyresian and Shuttle No. 7 fly off into the eclipsing night here within the system of Akalar as another massive planetoid consumes the sky above you. The upsetting nature of just how close this other planetoid is cannot be overstated. In most worlds any of you will have ever visited the moon of a given world, even the closest orbiting bodies are hundreds if not thousands of miles away. This thing is so close that you can feel a little lighter as it's moving across the sky. The gravitational effects of this thing are felt on your bodies and you can feel your ability to jump and move around kind of accelerated in the same way that you'd feel when you were exploring the moon of Rafas. Interesting. Florian has told you stories of places within Akalar, where people can literally jump from world to world, albeit with maybe a little mechanical assistance with, like, jump jets or something to that effect. But for the rest of you, seeing something like this is... Well, I'm not going to inject your feelings. The sight of another planetoid a few hundred miles above your head, though, is a sight none of you, besides Florian, have ever witnessed before. Because normally that would mean a moon is crashing into a planet or something. Yeah. So as how this... B-
4: hmm? I was going to say, how big is one of the, like, super carriers compared to, like, a planet? Not that big. No. Right? No. Okay. I just, I,
0: hey. Shay can get big in space. No, so, and super... Imperial supercarriers are the biggest things in space, outside of planets and moons and other celestial bodies. Okay. But those are the size of metropolises, and this is still a planet, albeit a small one, but still. still. So the fact that the Earth around you isn't being ripped apart by gravitational forces speaks to just how weird this whole situation is. And Oswald, as someone with a planetologist background, you would be keenly aware of the fact that, in theory, you should see shit being ripped off of the planet's surface by the gravitational forces at play here.
3: Yeah, I think... What kind of information in the archive is there about this... This Just this whole area, Akalar, uh, in general? Almost My nothing. My guess is
1: Almost none, nothing. yeah.
3: <laughs> so I'm probably... You know, just documenting the just all sorts of the, all of the weird stuff, probably getting images of of like the planetoid, you know, moving above and then notating any inconsistencies that there would be uh, between what is happening and what is physically possible without whatever sort of
0: fey nonsense is uh, affecting If you had to guess, there's a lot of fey nonsense happening here. because that's the only reasonable explanation for what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, there is footage of Oswald looking
3: at um, this planetoid coming in and him just saying, what does it
0: mean? Um, (laughs) We cut to the found footage from Oswald's point of view. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, this planetoid engulfs the sky. When I say that this thing eclipses the sun, that is doing a disservice to just how much of the horizon is blotted out by another planet's surface. There isn't a sky anymore. It's just the surface of another world. It's like a strange mirror in the sky above you. Looking up, you can see formations, hillsides, and shapes there. You can see... In the distance, on the horizon, the lights, like you would from orbit seeing a small settlement of some kind in the distance. And you presume that the Tyresean and your shuttle are headed in that direction. But like some kind of strange, bifurcated world, you are <laughs> met with this transcendental sight above you.
1: Hey, hey, listen, I may or may not, when describing this to Mike, said, hey, it's just that scene when we were in the by the rift that led to Bytopia. Don't worry about it. No asks here, though.
0: Nope. I broke them down down into a bunch of little ones. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they're all small now.
0: Yeah,
4: but they could also just kind of climb on top of each other and Voltron into a fucking normal Tarasque. Mm,
0: good idea. Let's right. see what yeah. happens.
4: No, what Mike, happens. no. Mm. They can all break down into fungus, which means they can assimilate into other things. Mike, stop listening.
0: Voltron. I need to stop Mike,
4: Reed,
2: stop talking.
4: <laughs> Die, Kanoko. So, yeah, I was just about to say, they turn
0: Air. into a giant mushroom monster. Yeah. <laughs> season three spoilers. Yeah.
1: Monster fight island. <sighs>
0: I'm so ready.
4: <laughs> yeah, My body needs lots of it so bad. <laughs> so bad.
0: Oracle Zero, you are here in the township of Berdia, armed and ready as you're maybe going to be with the limited resources and time you had available. Tux, the Yazada class mech, is fully operational up and running. I have provided a very crude map of your Environment, where are each of you setting up? Hmm. Uh. We have, again, to remind our listeners, Berdia is a township that is built up on the tops of massive tree stumps. The trees of this planetoid are humongous, so you can have stumps that have whole buildings and little pieces of the township on those stumps. Currently, most of the town is abandoned, and only two stumps remain as points of defense. There is one with a massive supply depot on it, and one with a dockmaster's office and a sheriff's station located on it. And both of those stumps are connected by large metal bridges that span the gap between the stumps, as well as connecting them to the three open landing pad stumps that are just north of town.
3: Which of these two buildings, uh, these two main building, or I guess town areas, could we estimate to be more defensible? Which has like a sturdier structure to it? I, I may, perhaps the the jail. Um, my my thought is to everybody in one spot, everybody in one location. We don't need to spread out. If we can defend one building, that would be ideal
1: that was part of the intent of getting all those people out of here, was that we could kind of concentrate our efforts. Okay. Oh, sorry. My was messing up there for some reason.
0: It's all good. Uh, You know that there are barricades built up between the dockmaster's office and the sheriff's station to kind of cordon off that, and that little perch beyond those barricades is where you initially drove back the last invasion of muskers, Amari. So that little Mm. square there does have built-up defenses that you, in fact, helped reconstruct over the last few hours. The area by the supply depot is also cordoned off by some rough fortifications, mostly because that whole area was being used to shelter non-combatants before. Now that that's no longer an issue, yeah, you can fall back to either of these, and they're both fairly defensible. Which one's sturdier? Hmm. Tough to say. The supply depot is definitely built to withstand all sorts of things because you're keeping valuable goods in there, but so is mm-hmm. the sheriff station. I will say that right. the supply depot is a single level affair. It's basically a big warehouse. The sheriff station has multiple levels, the bottom of which is mostly holding cells, and the top level of which is offices for the sheriff and his deputies. So we could, we could
3: set up. Snipers in the upper levels of that build of the sheriff's office, perhaps. I That's
1: was true. just gonna say, yeah, if there is a tall building, that is probably where, again, I, as I mentioned, or maybe that was off camera, but uh, Ider, who is one of my compatriots, uh, is a sniper. So would probably pause, posi- like, would probably request that building. <laughs>
2: That's probably where Shay uh, had set up as well. I think I may have said that even last session, um, so I'm mm-hmm. just confirming it now. The up In the upper level of the, the sheriff's office is probably where Shay has set up the mobile command center for Tux.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it seems as though we've got a good spot to hunker down and try and outlast as best we can. Because if, if we can protect that. That means hopefully Tux won't take an insane amount of damage to like not no longer be functional, protect all the people, best vantage
3: points, unless Who's we really want to split out- it and
4: stuff like that. Who's going to be
0: outside of the building other than Tux, is my question. Before, you had folks manning the barricades and firing at these things as they came up over the lip of the stump, because hmm. while the building themselves is more defensible once you have a line of sight on something, it's already up on the stump and could possibly circle around. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I will, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I will also just mention that if Tux is the only thing outside of the building, it is immediately going to become like Lizard Central because yeah. it's Super aether heavy, and that's what they like.
4: I mean, so. so just the thing is, is we should the the longer we can keep them away. Which, if we can start taking them out before they even get up, then we can mm-hmm. always fall back. Yes, but yeah, we we shouldn't be starting okay. from our last standpoint.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Agreed. and could also could also use tux to like lead them on a merry chase like around where there are people
4: yeah set. a line a line of sight tank them and just kind of yeah. them around <laughs> I of them. Mean, I played, um, yeah i played lots of mmos not... i can do this <laughs> just turn on tank spec
0: and yeah let's go just gotta be sure that they don't uh, lose aggro range that's all no it's, it's fine. fine it's fine
4: it's fine i've got a uh, yeah what is it misdirect or whatever <laughs>
0: I don't remember what the hunter ability is. Is
4: misdirect? I don't,
0: remember. I don't remember. All I know is EverQuest stuff. Anyway. as Games. We- <laughs> Games. So the vast majority of the gang is setting up outside the sheriff's office, then it sounds like? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. So perhaps
3: uh, we can set it up into three stages. The first is pot-shotting them before they even get up to the top of the stump once they get up to the stump fall back to the barricades that we have um and then once that becomes overrun we all just uh hunker down in the building i guess
1: uh quick cue is harcourt involved in any of this planning phase is he still in the sheriff's jail that's what those are called the sheriff's (laughs) house
0: (laughs) Whatever plans you're making, they're being made with Yulin and the sheriff. Okay, cool. Because that's who the last of the people here are responding to. And Harcourt is not a part of the plan making. Uh, He has been used, essentially, uh, according to the sheriff, as the point man in these invasions. They know he's ex-imperial. They know he's a soldier and a damn fine one, considering what he's managed to accomplish here in helping secure this township. But they also know that he caused a violent fight when he first rolled into town that got somebody killed.
1: Can we, uh... I mean, we maybe have a new point, man, in uh, Amari and Tux. It's sort of important that we... I mean, he's kind of the reason we're here.
0: The sheriff so, would raise an eyebrow at that.
1: Yep, <laughs> Florian does not <laughs> elaborate.
0: Because as of right now, the only people, the only person who knows that Harcourt is involved with the children of A tier stuff is the four of you and Ider. Ider, what?
3: yeah. Oh, Ider, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I again. Yulen doesn't know Florian, that, right? No. Mm-hmm.
1: Florian would not elaborate on that. He would just say, like, yeah, we're... You know, we, we kind of came to town because uh, we, we thought he might be here. So if he could not die, that would be great.
0: Thought you said you were an aid organization.
1: Yeah, we are.
0: And you came hunting this one.
1: Well, hunting is a little... I mean, we're just asking him some, for some information.
0: And from across the main floor of the sheriff station in his cell, Harcourt, who looks for all the world still to be napping, his eyes closed, a smile will stretch across his lips.
1: Oh, fuck this dude! All right, I
2: hate this player. guy. I'm all upstairs, right? I can't
4: hear this. Yeah, counting on, on him not knowing who like who we are and why we're there, and we've just been like, "Yeah, we're here to ask him some questions. What could we
1: possibly ask I him? mean, i I didn't know that no, I he gone. was in the room, but that's fine. I might have said that a little differently, but also, Florian doesn't really i mean, yeah, we're please stay alive so that we can ask you some things about what about your time in the imperial army, about who knows.
0: And the sheriff will say, what are you suggesting? We just leave him in his cell? Oh,
1: no, no. I I mean, it sounds like he's been really helpful. I just meant like, you said you, you're using him as a point man and I'm just submitting that my compatriot, Amari here, might do better at that since he will be inside of a giant robot.
0: That's fair enough.
1: Just like, I'd like none of us to die if we could keep All of us from dying. That would be great. Everybody.
0: And Yulin, who's still very... uh, You can sense the simmering rage off of your uncle. This slightly older middron.
2: Wow, is it the holidays already?
0: (laughs) But he'll say, Huh, trying to keep people alive now, that's your goal? Could have fooled me.
1: I don't know what that means, so I won't respond to it.
0: <laughs> Backstory stuff.
3: I guess.
0: And the sheriff is definitely, like, looking between the two of you. And he'll eventually just say, I Think you can put aside all this shit until we get out of here alive.
3: And oh, was that will... directed towards Yulin? Because he seems to be the one who's... Uh, Giving off all of that energy. Just that stank. He's got them vibes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Them dirty vibes, yes. (laughs) And Yulin will clench his jaw as he's checking over one of the rifles that was left behind by the townsfolk, but then he'll just nod. If Amari or Oswald, like,
1: do what the sheriff did and, like, seem confused about that at all, Florian will just be like... (laughs) I don't fucking
0: know. (laughs) Alright, any last, last moment preparations as the dark has fallen over Berdia and from the deep wood, the sound of claws on bark begins to echo. Uh, yeah.
4: Um, Florian? Please take this gun. (laughs) Please. Please take my gun. Please take it.
1: Uh, I mean, I ain't I ain't that good at, you know, guns in general but uh just, and he'll take it.
0: Perfect. And yeah. You take the white strange uh ruby aethite laced gun from Amari. This weapon you stole off the body of a deceased Aegis Tech Solutions cyborg. Confiscated confiscated. There we go. Uh looted. Yeah. As,
2: <laughs> as, yeah, as much as we can spin that, we should continue to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. But with Aegis Tech bleeding edge weaponry in hand, Florian, uh, you sense the power in this weapon. It's got a vibration to it and that's not unfamiliar. There are guns that feel like this in terms of just the way Aethertech works. Sometimes, if there's enough power in a thing, you can sense its almost need to do the thing it's designed to do. It's ready to do the thing it's designed to do. All it needs is you to complete the circuit and allow it to do its grim work.
1: Oh shit, if this wasn't Amari's, I'd eat the shit out of this. <laughs> I know, Reed, I won't.
0: Armed gang members begin to line the edge of the stump here on the western edge of what's left of Berdia, the night that eclipses the township is suddenly, achingly quiet. There's no sound of night animals or wind rocking and moaning through trees. It is deadly silent. When you start hearing The scraping of claws on bark and feeling the tremble in the wood beneath your feet. You know they're coming. There's no shout between those left here, there's no cry of incoming because everyone who's here knows what's coming. Amari, in your large, mechanized war machine, where do you stand? beyond the barricade near the edge of the stump how how hard would it be for me
4: for tux to kind of make its way over the top of the barricade like should I should I need to retreat or are with, we gonna do is there like a break that I can just kind of pass back and forth through
0: with enough of a would. running start And assuming the hydraulics and the legs don't give out beforehand, you could pretty easily vault over what they've built here. Okay.
4: Cool. And In that case, I'm going to be like at at the lip.
0: Just fishing a barrel, like climbing up the side. People with long-range rifles have set up on the rooftops of the sheriff's station and the dockmaster's office. Those with shorter range weapons are spread out, kind of in a, a loose flanking position to either side of the mech. You see that Harcourt has been let out of his cell and is inspecting a clearly superior rifle to everyone else's here. Everyone else here has like old military surplus or like family hunting rifles and things of that nature, handguns. Harcourt has a (laughs) military-issue, relatively new-looking rifle that is clearly Imperial-make. Zolcon Industries top of the line. A few folk here have stranger weapons that you would immediately recognize as cog tech. You've been told that, for the most part, these weapons don't seem to do much to these creatures, but a large, explosive grenade of some kind lobbed into the mouth of a creature will ruin its day regardless of its fungal regenerative abilities.
1: Turns out, if you blow something up, it doesn't really matter what you do it with.
0: (laughs) But clearly these are more converted mining equipment than actual weapons. Things meant to launch explosives at high velocity into the side of a mountain. But tonight they will be used to kill strange fungal lizards. Shay, you are set up in the second floor of the sheriff's office. What little power is left in the settlement has essentially been routed to the systems you've set up here. Yes. There are very (laughs) few lights left here in the township. And the sheriff station stands as the only real beacon of light as darkness avails over the town. You see diagnostic readouts from Tux, keeping an eye on that busted knee joint that acted up upon first landing here. You see weapon readouts, you see energy readouts, you see the heartbeat and vital signs of Amari inside the mech. Around you are people with... Longish range weapons, rifles, shotguns, things of that nature. Uh, an etheric shotgun, by the way, is just what's called a spread shot weapon. It's meant to disperse energy in a wide cone in front of you. Uh, less about shooting a beam of energy or a bolt of it. Florian, you hold that Agus Tech weapon in your hand. You can feel your own etherics mingling with the weapon. You feel the interplay between yourself and the the weapon's chems. And this is unlike any gun you've ever held before. It feels like your own aether is moving through it like it's an extension of your own body in a strange way.
1: It's the only aether tech I've ever liked. (laughs) Oswald. Sorry, Reed. This gun is mine now.
0: (laughs) Where is Oswald now? I
3: feel like Oswald it wouldn't make sense for Oswald to be out in the battlefield. Um, I honestly think he's going to be probably in the sheriff's office with Shay, perhaps looking out over the battlefield um, to either give uh, Intel uh, based on what he can see, or if needs be ensure that Shay can continue to make sure Tux operates correctly, or to assist if
0: if need be. All right. As you stand there at the precipice looking out, the stumpy sheriff of this town, a man by the name of Tybalt, comes over to you and presses a handgun into your <laughs> tiny hands. Oh. Uh, uh, thank you. Now you don't shoot that unless they're coming up through the windows, you hear? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, let me guess. This side forward, huh?
3: Uh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's actually a clubbing weapon. Oh, yeah. excellent. There's no <laughs> they, they wouldn't give you bullets.
1: I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining the fucking scene from Parks and Rec where Ron is like, "Now never never look" <laughs> down the barrel of a gun and fucking uh, oh god, Retta's character is like what, is that a trick question? and then immediately looks down at it
2: <laughs> uh, Shay, without looking away from any of the things they're doing, says yes, he is always like that
0: <laughs> Amari, near the front line you're eyesight, though you're not seeing through your own eyes anymore. All of your sensory information is now being given to you from Tux's external sensors. But you notice the motion and your visuals hone in on Harcourt as he is standing relatively close to you. And occasionally he'll glance up and you see him inspecting your mech. Um, He's not like Looking out at
4: at anything, he's just checking out the mech, like looking at like a a nice car or or is he looking at it like with disdain? Is there any like discernible emotion uh,
0: associated with it or? There's a slight sneer on his face. Hmm. Okay.
4: I'm sure I can like deduce what that is probably.
0: Maybe. Maybe. But as you all hear that sound of claws on bark suddenly breaking the silence of the night as the muskers begin to boil up, there is a cry from somewhere beneath the lip of the stump that you stand on. It is a low, ululating howl that seems to ripple out of a single throat, but then is Caught up by others that scream out through the night. It fills the air. There is no wind. There is no sound of animals. There is only the cry of these creatures as they descend upon Berdia. The last little spark of light on an otherwise dark world. And as they do, I am going to spend every single void dice that I have...
2: (laughs) I was wondering about that. I had opened the window, and I was like, "Oh,
0: there isn't there?" um, Yeah, yeah. And roll all ones to survive the first wave. We are going to do a group check, (laughs) as opposed to have this being. A, you just taking turns picking off giant lizards or trying to help the battle in some way. This is going to be more like a skill challenge than it is individual combat. So, the first wave of this is going to be a group check. And what that means is this isn't a mechanic we've used before, really. You all need to find your individual skills that you think might apply to this situation whatever you're doing to help, this is the skill or the talent and the tactic that you're rolling, and adding however much aether you want to it. Now that I being know said, I'm use. the difficulty for this group check is 60, which is the result of all the void dice I just rolled. So That's collectively, together, you have to add up your rolls to get past that number, 60. So, Spending whatever aether die you think are necessary. Again, it's not an individual person that needs to get past sixty. It's all of your rolls added together once you've figured out what they are.
1: Hey, uh, read really quick. The gun. Mm-hmm. Those are d8s or d6s.
4: Um, I I'm not entirely sure because it would be pulling from when I had it. It would be pulling from myself, which would be the d eight. So, so I don't know if it inherently has d8s or that's just my own so either way
0: it works out just fine yeah the gun peerless uses your personal aether pool so whatever that is for you I believe for Florian it's d8s yes so at the end of this if we reach a result that you all deem unsatisfactory you can still spend void dice but If you do, each of you has to roll one.
3: Yikes.
0: (laughs) So at the very least, you'll be rolling four of them.
1: Yeah. Well, so I'm just going to, I used two of my own aether, and one from Peerless, uh, and I also used Carefully and Athletics, um, and I rolled 32. So, everybody, just 28 altogether. We can do it.
0: Good start. And also uh, keep in mind I said this is wave 1. That's <laughs> why I only used a quarter of my aether pool of um,
1: there's 69 waves. <laughs> nice. 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 Um, oh, or there are 420 waves.
3: Whoa. I hope not. <laughs> that would be really uh, bad be and be a long episode. To listen to. Yeah.
2: yeah. We'd um, be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I since I can pull aether out of fucking air, um I can use god many freaking please. Keep
0: Question. in mind you can never use more aether than your maximum aether oh, pool size.
2: Yeah. I I'm well <laughs> my max is
1: pretty big so <laughs> and I realize also that. you You can only pull. Oh, that's just for Aether Leech. Sorry. I was like, it's only once per scene.
0: Yeah, you can only leech once per scene, but as uh, Shay is a a a
3: wizard. wizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: The question that I have is when we first arrived, we were doing things with an extra kind of oomph from now being on the planet. Is that still in effect?
0: Absolutely. No. No. Okay, so that's an additional what? Uh, That is nothing additional right now. I will just take that into consideration as we play out this scene narratively. Okay, I just didn't know if I needed to roll anything else. No. Okay. So Florian has our baseline of what was it? 30 something? 32. 32 wowzers. Pretty good.
2: I used four Aether. Uh, and I am be I am cleverly engineering, uh, specifically doing a bunch of weird checkoff shit to um, reroute power to different systems very quickly and on the fly as Amari needs them. Um, you know, checking hy- the hydraulics and the knee joint all at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, and I got. Let's see. Nine. Eighteen, uh, Only 21.
1: These lizards ain't shit.
0: So that gives us to 53. Yes. Amari, Oswald. Mm.
4: Okay. Um, in that case, let's see here. I am going to use my heavy weapons, skill bigger and batter, And I feel like I'm being pretty bold here being out here on the ledge cool and then yeah I will I'm just going to I'm going to roll that I'm going to roll that seeing as we need 7 to get to the threshold true
0: Uh, that's 12 12 okay so that brings our total to uh, 65
2: critical Uh, victory come on oswald fuck him up this so, is why you're chris's favorite
3: <laughs> this oh god uh he's completely useless in these kinds of uh scenarios but as far as this whole like each wave is not a separate scene correct it's all it's all one this is all going to be one sort of big
0: battle scene essentially. each wave is going to consist of a certain period of time within the hour and a half that you're assuming you have to survive for.
3: Gotcha. So for an ability that is used once per scene, I use it once for all of these waves. Is is that correct?
0: Correct. This is all one continuous scene. Yes. For purposes of rules text. Yeah. And then as far as I haven't used this
3: uh, trait before, so uh, I want to use my Spellsmith and hmm. basically uh, I want to, essentially what I'm trying to do is create, uh, base- uh, it can be anything as uh, as far as I, I mean, what are the limitations on
0: Spellsmith? Uh, let me pull up Spellsmiths real quick, just so I have the, the wording correct. Yeah. Spellsmith. Once per scene, you may spend one Aether die from your own Aether pool while acting meaningfully, which is what you're doing, with the spellcraft talent to gain a new talent specialization die at 1d10. The specialization must apply specifically to the action you're attempting to take. The specialization ceases to exist after you have acted meaningfully. So essentially you're creating a spell. Now what a spell is in this setting is an etheric effect that you're generating spontaneously as opposed to using technology to do it. So a spell can literally be anything. I assume it's
3: very there's not any there's not really very much light, uh, I assume uh, because of just the close proximity of the planet. Absolutely. Can I can I use a can I use spellsmith to create a spell? That will send out sort of little beacons of light to give people uh, the ability to see these things coming up on, on them. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: Targeting system.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now are you, yeah, so you're making a talent specialization with a D10 right now that is yeah. this spell, whatever you want to call it. I would say basically what I want to do is send out like little beads
3: of light that, that I shoot out at. Like as many of these things as possible, it's not going to do any damage or anything. It's just to sh- show where they're where they are, basically. Okay, um, so you are casting fairy fire. I am casting fairy fire, exactly, Mike. Um, <laughs>
0: cool, love it. I, I, I do if highly encourage. She she fire. <laughs> uh, fairies are saying the word fairy is still a thing.
3: Bye. Um, I, I know. Uh, And then I will go ahead and put another Aether Point
0: in there. Okay. And just so you know, with the Spellsmith trait, uh, once you've created this specialization, the specialization then disappears after you do this roll. Yes. Yeah. But for now, you have a 1d10 in Fairy Fire. Cool. Uh, Okay.
3: So uh, I'm going to say this is cleverly. I should say so. And then a D10 in Fairy Fire, and then one Aether point into that. Okay.
0: That's okay. 10. 10, bumping us up to 75. So. You successfully navigate this first wave of muskers as they boil up out of the darkness and assault the lip of the stump. And you are not driven back to your secondary position. I want each of you to describe the scene that you participate in in this first half hour Of the assault on Berdia, what are? Give me one sequence of events within this first half hour that exemplify what you've just done.
4: I mean, uh, Amari is along the edge of of this stump and has basically lined up to fire directly straight down. And every time he hits one, it will kind of cascade down, hitting another one, knocking them down further and further. And as they start to bubble back up, takes another shot to try to maximize, like bowling pins, knocking them down more and more. Uh, so they're they're never ever gaining too much ground before they're knocked back down again.
0: And the, the muskers, these massive reptiles with six limbs. Four at the rear, two at the forward. They can move on all six, but for the most part, they rear up like some kind of awful reptilian centaur with almost pig-like faces with large, enormous tusks coming up from their lower jaws. And they rake and claw at the bark as they scrabble their way up. And even their vicious-looking claws dug into the bark don't do them any good when barraged with these massive bolts of aether that lance down from this bipedal mech wielding, I, I believe Tux wields an, an enormous rifle of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a an extremely long barrel-like r- rifle. Mm-hmm. And so these cascading shots in accompaniment with the supporting fire from the gang members as well uh, you see, at a certain point, Yulin will pull out what appears to be a, a large ruby that is wrapped in gold and silver filigree. will hold it for a second, and it begins to glow this bright red before he hurls it down off the edge of the stump, and there's a massive whoomph of exploding red flame down there. Hell Yeah what it reveals is a forest floor coated in these creatures as the flame erupts down there. Cool. Who's next? I imagine that
3: like, obviously Tux is doing uh, a good amount of work, but Tux can't cover the entire perimeter. And so uh, a lot of the people who are at the, at these sort of makeshift um, uh, barricades they hear a lot of things happening. It, it, this, this sound of just like deafening sound of these things crawling up and it, they're basically just pointing into the darkness. Uh, and then all of they'll see just like these white, uh, these bright white dots or sort of like darts uh, float over their heads, uh, illuminating the path as it goes. And then it will sort of sort of hover over the, the edge of over the rim and then these uh, creatures who are moving under the cover of night are all of a sudden illuminated uh, and everybody has targets now. And so a barrage opens up uh, and any area that Tux wasn't already covering is now being covered by, by the cover fire.
0: Those of you on the ground. So Florian and Amari see this happen and The sky above you is dark, totally dark. There are no stars, because it's a planet in the sky above you. But then suddenly there are stars, and they're falling from the sky, and they're touching the rim of the stump and blooming with light, illuminating target after target. So finding your marks becomes a simple affair as the light Flowing down from these strange twinkling little beacons makes for easy shooting. Thank you.
2: So Shay has a So Amari doesn't like see out of Tux with his own eyes, but I'm assuming there's like a a video feed of sorts. Is that correct?
0: No the way it's etherically like hardwired into his system he's seeing quote unquote through the sensors on the outside so there's no screen on okay. the interior of the cockpit for amari to look at it's just that that those images of the like cameras on the outside of the mech are being fed straight into his brain
2: okay so i guess shay's Connection to the cameras is not the same, but like has a has a
0: uh, it wireless. Be the same. Oh, okay. Same feed and anyway. hang out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, I just mean it's not hired hardwired to my brain. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um. But so since Shay and Amari are kind of seeing the same stuff at the same time, uh, Shay is able to. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like a like a lighting tech a little bit, like. You can see you can see the cues. They can see the cues of what is is coming up next, and like uses that to, you know, adjust you know power systems to the gun when Amari needs to shoot. You know, activate clamps on the the feet so that the the uh, kickback is not too doesn't rock the the mech back undoing those things when Amari is moving around, rerouting systems, thrusters to, like, thrusters if need be. I know that it doesn't fly necessarily, but, like...
0: They're little booster jets that help for mobility. Yeah. And it's this symbiotic relationship between a mech pilot and their engineer that becomes exemplified in a situation like this. These tiny compensations that occur that in... A true firefight, if you were out from support lines, these mechs become more tank-like. But in a situation like this, where you have direct engineering support, where you have somebody compensating, tux isn't a weapon. Tux is an instrument. And the two of you just happen to be playing it at the same time, in perfect symphony with each other.
2: Beautiful.
1: Cute.
0: There are notes that you can't play alone. That's the kind of instrument that Tux is. And as the notes strike, and muskers die, it is a song that you know well, Amari. This is maybe not the same sort of fight that you grew in fame during and this is most certainly not something that Shay has ever experienced, but this sort of combined arms support is why the mechs of the Dragon's Wake galaxy are considered the true weapons on a given battlefield. Now, that being said... You're always going to be overshadowed by those damn orbital lasers. But anyone who's <sighs> ever fought a mech on the ground will always tell you that's something that just exists, like a meteor that's strike cheap. or a solar yeah. flare. Yeah. Mechs you see coming, and there's still nothing you can do about it if they're being supported properly. Florian?
1: Uh, I think Florian like starts the this like first wave kind of hanging, hanging back a little bit. Like he's I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, and then I think at one point, um, he's like keeping, keeping away too from like the, the side with the mech. Cause Amari's got that clearly firmly in hand, <laughs> Um, as he's just blasting away at these things. And then I think that somebody gets pulled over the edge, like a musker gets up over the lip and grabs someone that's too close.
0: Roll me a D12. Uh-oh.
1: I mean, you already succeeded your roll,
0: so
2: you saved them. It's just... 12! <laughs> <12. laughs>
0: it? You see Eider.
1: Oh! Oh, wait. Uh, nope. Nope.
0: Eider was on a roof behind you. You hear a cry, and suddenly there's a musker on the top of that roof bellowing and roaring the lichens throat in its clawed hand. So, wow. Good. That's, like, the perfect role.
1: Uh, Florian, literally fucking, like, yeah, because he's hanging back is close enough to for people around, and I don't know if, like, Shay's busy. Maybe Oswald sees this. It's like, for a split second, he, like, flickers out of vision. Because he's moving so fucking fast. And then he just... I mean, you've seen Florian scale a building before. He does... I mean, he doesn't do it all the time. But then, like, he's on top of the building, unloading the peerless into this fucking thing.
0: And... When you fire this gun for the first time and dump all that aether into it, it's like a siphon that you feel going off. There is power flowing through this weapon in a way that you've never been able to express through your body before. Your interior biological etheric's being able to Enhance your strength and your speed is always something you've done innately. But being able to project that much power all at once... It feels amazing. And the fact that it obliterates what's in front of you... In this wash of crimson light that leaves just a a musty smear on the rooftop... Eider falling to the ground the remnants of this thing's clawed hands still clutching at their throat but they tear it off and throw it to the ground as there's just this smoking pile of ashy fungus left where this creature was the area around the sheriff's office was lit suddenly with this grim crimson light that flared to life drowning out even the sparkling starlight of Oswald's spell And for a moment, the whole area around Berdia is lit with this bright red light. And as the muskers let out shrieking cries and begin to pull back away from the light, you stand there breathing heavily, feeling the gun still attempting to pull more aether out of your body, but you manage to wrestle it down and feel yourself stopping the aether from going any farther. The beam dissipating and fading and the light slowly shrinking back down into the subtle darkness that is dappled with the fairy fire cast out by Oswald. You're welcome. Pouring that much aether into this weapon, it seems, is a dangerous prospect if you're not able to turn it off.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> uh. I think I think after that, for the rest of this wave, Florian like gets into the thick of it. He's like, "All right, won't let won't let him get that close again." And like does a little hat tilt to Ider, and then like whoop, is off and away.
0: Those of you who are in the thick of it, so Florian and Amari, and I'll say Oswald because you have a decent vantage point. If you could give me swift perception checks. Shay, you're a little focused on the the needs-doing of tech observation.
2: I'm in, like, it's full like a... gamer mode.
0: Yeah. Do <laughs> you have That's... the light set up for it? Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. Oh, shit. Oh, my
0: Dude, God. part of yeah. my
2: setup is LEDs. It's I for just, gamers. Hey, I'm just
0: making sure. Yeah. <laughs> Half of the setting is gamer lights. Yeah, it, it's for gamers. It's true. Uh, but H Shay... for Oswald.
1: <laughs> but Shay coordinates the lights yes. like flicker with various things that they do. <laughs> yeah.
3: I've got the,
4: the, the Philips Hue settings to to uh, react to the, the visuals happening.
2: Uh-huh. And the palettes yeah. all match whatever outfit I'm wearing at the time.
4: Of course. <laughs> uh, I got a five.
1: I got five. a six. six.
4: I'm busy killing.
0: Oswald, you got an eight? Yeah. Oh, so close. You don't need two more. I get this challenging, but... Nonetheless, not super hard. It was a fairly easy roll, honestly.
2: Easy, one might even say.
0: But if you all want to take the failure, that's fine. Mm-hmm.
2: Think of how narratively interesting it would be if you did see it. Good I point. Was...
3: Yeah, I I will take it. I'm yeah, worried. i, it's hu- I'm I worried, worried also... it's hardcore. <laughs> it's
4: fucking dipping.
3: Yeah, I all will avoid dice. I'll... Yep, thank Go you. It. We're here to help
4: you out, too, Mike. You know We want you to have a good time. (laughs) We're here to tell
2: a story, guys. Come (laughs) on.
0: You see in the midst of the fighting happening out there below you that the defenders are doing a fairly good job of keeping the area at the edge of the stump clear. Something you do notice during the fighting is Harcourt and Yulin fighting relatively close to each other and exchanging words with each other in the midst of the fighting. Oh, shit. Might be nothing. Might just, they happen to be close to each other during the fighting, but there's definitely a moment where they, like, exchange words with each other. Yulin nods. Harcourt says something else. You're so far away, you can't hear what's being said. But there is yeah. there is an exchange that happens between the two of them in the midst of the fighting. Before Florian's big Kamehameha wave goes off, they've already separated and are on opposite ends of the fighting by the time that happens. So when the first wave ends and the Muskers retreat momentarily after the first huge burst of energy explodes from the roof of the sheriff's office, they're not necessarily working back-to-back anymore, but it's something you picked up on. And that is the end of wave one. It has been 30 minutes since nightfall and the muskers attack. You breathe heavily. Suddenly there's a lull in the violence after this huge explosion of light. The last of the muskers are driven off, at least for the moment. And there's a brief moment to collect yourselves and... Maybe talk amongst each other, but you have you have a moment of re- rest here b- before the next wave.
1: Florian definitely goes back to, like, actually check on Ider, <laughs> since I just dipped.
0: And Ider is okay, uh, talking a little wheezy, having your larynx gripped by an enormous fungus lizard is not a pleasant experience, but you think some lemon tea would probably do them wonders.
2: Hey,
4: I'm <laughs> drinking
0: right now. It's like you know, my- I know. I know. Hmm. Got my lemon tea right here. <laughs> Spelled B E E R. <laughs> lemon tea. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: That's how I spell it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, buddy. Let me guess that's southern India. Is that sort of the, what, what kind of terroir are we talking here? Um, <laughs> God. <laughs>
2: Nerds.
3: <laughs> Based on what I saw of the battle, Tux is mainly using that gun uh, for combat, mm-hmm. not not necessarily doing any sort of melee uh, combat. It did not become necessary. Did not become necessary.
2: What's up? Hmm.
3: Um, Shay. I I yeah. couldn't help notice. I, I... Amari is doing an excellent job at keeping them far enough away, at least for um, uh, to keep them away from melee combat. But if they get up close, do you think maybe we could uh, give Tux a bit of an extra oomph when it comes to? Uh, Here's what I'm thinking. I have several, uh, uh, I have a selection of Emerald Aethite, and perhaps uh, we could configure something to when a melee strike is done, uh, perhaps a temporary increase uh, in, in the mass of, of, of the fist or, or whatever, um, uh, and give it a boost with my Gravity Well spell. Do you think that's something you could set up really quick?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: The really quickness of the ability to set this up will depend <laughs> entirely on the role. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I will assist that.
3: Um,
2: Maybe we could do that for the next wave. Okay, as our
1: our 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 uh contribution. Mm-hmm. Determine whether or not it uh, happens right as Tux is striking, or right before, and just tilts him over the edge.
0: So you're saying you want to spend Wave 2 constructing this... Now I'm just going to use the first name that comes to my head here because it's awesome, and that's Gravity Fist? Yes! (laughs) I mean, mean, you know... (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two of the party members are attempting to construct the gravity fist during the wave 2
3: <laughs> does that mean we won't be able to contribute to the the wave because we'll be
0: focused yes
2: oh i thought that was going to be our contribution to the wave
0: that could very well help enhance wave number 3
2: oh okay
0: mm. But if you're spend... in spent an experience point to have done this
3: beforehand.
1: And well, he doesn't have all those void dice anymore, so it this won't be as high. Reed, I'm you muted. are super muted.
4: Thank you. That's the only time anyone's called me super, so thank you. I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> no, uh,
1: come on, buddy. Just
4: today. Just today. <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. please. No, uh, Mike, how many just curious, how many void dice Dice did you spend on that last one? He spent all of them. Seven. I don't know. Seven? Oh. Okay.
2: He currently has one, I believe.
4: hmm. Okay. Interesting.
2: He also invented this game. So, <laughs> yeah. Just,
3: dice there still might, might be a good sized wave. Uh, we don't know what the wave. Uh, what the last wave would have been originally. Yeah, what so. the baseline I, is. is I true?
0: love that you all assume that each wave has a consistent set of rules to it. Right. Exactly. No, that's the th- that's what I'm afraid of, which is
2: we don't games. know
4: what the rules are we're playing with <laughs> in this specific context.
1: But also, and to metagame this too hard, then Reed and I can just put a little bit more of our... a little more juice into yeah, this game, really- so that you guys have mega, mega yeah. third wave.
4: Yeah, because I, I put basically nothing into that last Same. one because two of you, well, the
0: three of you rolled so well. That's true. Okay. So, yeah. Fuck it. So, Shay, you are spending wave number two attempting to construct the gravity fist? Yeah. And Oswald, you are helping? I suppose so, yeah. It's up to you. And
4: not to get metagamey or anything, but Believe I have absolutely,
0: yeah, I have absolutely nothing in melee weapon. But you might suddenly have something in gravity fist, yeah, that's true, <laughs> that's, true. that's true. Okay, there that, that, we go, it's a whole new talent. <laughs> it's not a
4: melee weapon, it's it is it is it's beyond the weapon. It's gravity fist, <laughs> it's a way of life, really. Yeah, that's true. Gravity fist is Gravity more fist. of a mantra than a yeah <laughs> a tool to use. In, in fact, more than anything, it's probably just going to go right down into survival at that point. <laughs> Gravity fist is the last, the last thing keeping you, can you do. alive, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's like the um. fucking
0: oxygen bomb, <laughs> the oxygen destroyer from Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> yep. All right, so wave number two. Wave 2 comes from unexpected quarters. What struck you as odd during Wave 1 was that most of the muskers came from the southwest. None of them came from behind, barring one that Florian vaporized. That changes during Wave 2. They're less concentrated But they come from every direction. So the use of a barricade becomes suddenly nearly worthless. Because if they're coming from both sides of the barricade, all the barricade is doing is serving as a wall to put your back against as they come at you. So when the muskers come again... And they do come again. They come from every direction, boiling up from all sides of this stump. Their howls and roars and scrabbling noises making the entire night a cacophony of maddening noise. As people shout and shoot As the lights that Oswald was cast out begin to flicker and die, because even as you watch, the muskers will approach those lights and literally swallow them. Uh. So, wave two is not going to be a collective skill challenge. This is simply an individual survival role. That you need to make as the wave descends from every direction. It would be fairly incredible for you to survive this mass onslaught. Making this roll's difficulty 25. I'm going to spend that one void dice I have to make the difficulty... Oh, only one higher. So 26, but still. (laughs) So, Florian, Amari you're out in the field here and you have to survive the difficulty is 26
1: hey mike
0: hey olivia
1: what what happens if you perchance succeed a roll but um so the aether that i rolled got me to 33 and then the one plus one from my talents and tactic got me to 35. Wow.
3: <laughs>
0: Interesting. <laughs> Spicy. Oh, wow. That's what we call failing upwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's what I do every day.
0: <laughs> so this is a spectacular failure. You still succeed but in an improbable and completely disorganized fashion. And I'm going to leave you to describe that. But at the end of the day, you are also taking some kind of uh, condition or I'm getting three void dice, and that is your choice.
1: I'm going to take the condition.
0: Okay. Now, precisely what the type of condition you're taking is, i leave that up to you. Like, what caused the the problematic element that is slowing you down now cuz again during this round we will uh describe scenes which exemplify what you've accomplished or not accomplished here so Oswald these clusters and... are
3: oh go ahead i, I was, was going to say... make a stupid joke gladrick yeah
1: <laughs> really 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 fast before before we uh before we move on to the next person's role amari's role mm-hmm. can i I'm like one away from a critical success, right? So can I fail spectacularly and critically succeed? I don't see why not. That's hilarious. And I deeply love it. I would like to spend one void die
0: to do that. I encourage this behavior. <laughs> Cause this is less narratively interesting and more very funny. Mm-hmm. I suppose the rules as written right now nothing stops both from being true. <laughs> <laughs> so again, some kind of comedy of errors leads to you doing something amazing, but you hurt yourself or something bad happens in the process. Truly a farcical slapsticky and sort of uh, a <laughs> series of events happens. You, you Buster your Keaton your way through this role. <laughs> oh yeah. Amari so you, you said this, I haven't rolled yet. You said oh. this is a survival role. I said, this is just a role that you need to survive. Okay. It does have to be a survival okay. roll. It can be if you can just. That, that. No, no, that fucking changes shit because I have nothing in survival as well. So mm. hooky day. No, this wow. is just let's you change. surviving a shitload of muskers coming from every direction. Great. Cool. I like that. Okay.
4: Let's, let's roll some bones then. Uh yeah, going to be using the the heavy weapons again and boldly
3: cuz I'm out
4: here alone. Fuck me. That is not nearly enough. Um 13. Cool. That is
0: not 26. You're you're correct. Definitely not 26.
2: Nope. Oof.
0: So you can take this failure which would get you an experience point and Oh joy. Two conditions or I have to I have to roll at least two void die or just spend four and you automatically succeed. No, no, I'm afraid of I'm (laughs) afraid of wave three
3: (laughs) and it's two conditions because it's failing by over 10. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you could just spend one and just get one condition as well true depending on what you roll uh, so that's
4: 9 first one so that gives us to
0: 22
4: right yeah I'm gonna take the condition okay take the one condition
0: all right I need you to roll me 2d 12. And tell me what those individual results are. Got a three and a four. Three and a four. Two gang members, Jeru and Elzar, are just gone. No. They're dragged off into darkness. You watch as Big Tippy shouting, No! as Elzar is dragged off into the darkness by one of these muskers. And you hear a gurgling scream cut suddenly short in the darkness. Arnold. You do mark experience, and you do get a condition. That condition is main weapon malfunction.
4: Cool.
0: Good thing you got Gravity Fist coming up. We'll
4: see. I might be dead by then. <laughs>
3: I, I mean, Amari doesn't know this is happening. Um, that is
4: true. <laughs> I love that you guys are planning something for me without telling me. It's like a fun little surprise party. Yeah. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Shay has access to comms, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would yeah, right, assume we all have access to comms. They're just, they're just choosing not to tell
2: him. All I've been yeah. saying is Gravity Fist. That doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> Operation Gravity Fist. Shit, what does that mean? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Fist. All you know, Amari, is that during this pitched battle in which things were coming at you out of the darkness from every direction, that symphony of two parts doesn't work if the other part isn't participating. If that other conductor is busy with Operation Gravity Fist. (laughs) Your reaction speeds are slowed, your ability (laughs) to fight off these monsters is reduced, and that lack of reaction time made for an enormous lizard lunging out of the darkness and literally biting your gun in half. Fuck.
4: Okay, well... Tox is semi-useless... From here on out to a certain degree In terms of weapons
0: Oswald and Shay Yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: You're gonna have to give me some kind of role For Operation Gravity oh, yeah, sure. Fist
2: uh, So <laughs> There was talk of, of being quick Swift even uh, So yeah. that seems like an appropriate tactic
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, Yeah.
2: Would this be a spellcraft role? Like, this is a spell. I mean, this is a spellcraft role.
0: It could be a spellcraft role, yes. And it could also be an AetherTech role, considering you're trying to make this into a functional weapon for the mech.
2: This is true. I was
0: honestly thinking you would probably be more familiar
3: with the uh, AetherTech aspect of implementing something like this. And I would be more familiar with the spellcraft aspect. But you can
2: only assist on.
0: Oh the no! Talent. I need I need both of you to make rolls here. To oh make sure this oh is gonna work. oh! I got you! I got oh, you! Yeah. Okay.
2: I'm gonna pull some aether out I of think the air.
0: Both being swift is probably apropos. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. Because definitely, I, I would not call improvising an Aethertech tech <laughs> weapon in the middle of a firefight clever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no,
0: oh, no. <laughs> it's kind of bold though. Yeah, I, I could hear bold. It yeah. Is
2: Swift is higher.
0: They're both the same thing.
4: Are we going to have like uh anti tactics like stupidly, <laughs> softly, uh, you know, slowly.
1: Recklessly. Yeah. Recklessly.
0: yeah. If you look at the tactics, you will notice that they there are opposites already. Like bold, I would say, is probably the opposite of quiet, and uh, forceful is probably the opposite of clever. I just phrase them as compliments as opposed to put downs. <laughs> sure,
4: you and I operate in two different worlds. Mike, you're much kinder <laughs> than I am.
0: What are we What are we shooting for here? Yeah, what are um, we shooting for? Well. Depending on what your added together role is, the success of Operation Gravity, Gravity Fist, Fist will have a differing... I'll say this, the what what's happening here is Amari is going to be gifted a new talent right now. Yes. Now, what the size of that talent die is going to be is going to depend on your combined result. Cool. I, I rolled pretty well.
3: So let let it be I am
2: pretty alright, yeah. Matter-
3: I got it matters because 22. I will roll poorly. Mm-hmm. I got 32.
2: Oh, shit. Hot
3: oh,
0: That is... 54? 54. Alright. This is a very experimental and at, the, at the, m- this moment, it held together with like shoestring and duct tape kind of weapon. Oh hell yeah! For the rest of this scene, though, in your uh, I'm gonna say heavy weapons uh, talent, Amari, mm-hmm. you know have two d12 in gravity fist.
3: Holy oh, <laughs> <shilly laughs> fuck!
4: <laughs> Wowzers! Wow! Would you look at that!
0: Damn, son. This is only going to last for the rest of this mission because this is not a fully functional and well-tested weapon. But for the time being, Gravity Fist is <laughs> operational and it is effectively a bracelet of these emerald aethite rods that you're going to be able to lance around the gauntleted hands of Tux And effectively, Shay, you're going to be responsible for some of this on the engineering side, triggering these density shifts in the arms of the mech. (laughs) And if timed properly, and if rolled well, you will be able to one-punch-man the shit out of some lizards. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Oh, yes. Excellent. So... Th- that, that's what happens when you roll over a fifty together. <laughs> Hooray! Woo! Well done, well done. And just for our listeners at home, and maybe for the edification of our players as well, two D twelve is literally the highest that a talent can go. Oh yep.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: gonna punch God twice. Do it <laughs> two times. <laughs> so. As we enter the third and final wave, as screaming and shouting, the defenders of Berdia pull back into the sheriff station, nearly overwhelmed as the main weapon of Tux is shut down near the end of this fight. Two of their number having been dragged off into the darkness, the rest pull back into the sheriff station, and quickly throw massive weights against the door, mostly bodies at this point, as most of the furniture and stuff was used for barricades. You can lock the door, but there are still massive lizards outside, and they're beginning to swarm up the sides of the building. The firefighters outside are shooting down and clearing a little bit of a path for... Tux to rocket up and land on the roof of this building. Which is when Oswald and Shay are able to scurry out onto said roof and affix Operation Gravity Fist. And now we enter the third wave. You know uh, that how
1: long did, did wave two last? About a half hour. Okay, so it is another thirty minutes. All right.
4: Mm-hmm. And uh, uh Mike, remind me, the, the Aether in Tux is still a D six.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Just making I'm just I'm just building a future. <laughs> Florian, before we get too far into wave three, what did your Buster Keatoning look like? What was that?
1: Oh, so um it it was less Buster Keatoning, and I think more Mr.
0: Magoo, gotcha.
1: Florian Florian was like oh, yeah, I, I stopped that flow of aether into this gun out of my myself and my body. And it turns out, not so much. Uh, well, so I think that it's just like the energy is like slowly draining, like dripping out of him
0: into this gun. Hmm. That is a thing that happens with this gun, yes. Um,
1: Something- and I believe that the... So the condition I took is called shorted out, Um, Because, we haven't really talked about this, but Florian also has a fake arm. Uh, But instead of being cool like Shays, it's just... It's just a little, like, prosthetic. And it doesn't work anymore.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, one arm limp at your side, the other still clutching this etheric rail gun that you like a fire hose that you can't quite turn off you have to just point in a direction to keep the aether flowing as you keep firing this weapon and pray that no ally gets in front of you
1: um and as i put in the group message but i don't i didn't say out loud i actually rolled an 11 with that void die which means i which means I double critical, So I would like to get some Aether back.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And also um, I'm going to alley-oop carefully. All right. So we have a careful alley-oop on the table for anyone who attempts to careful from here on out. As the doors are shut into the sheriff's office and the sound of howling muskers and clawing beasts outside is deadened by the walls between you and them you have a moment to breathe, you have a moment to think, as they haven't found a way inside yet. Obviously, Shay and Oswald are helping affix the gravity fists.
4: Yeah, does anyone want to tell me what the hell gravity fist is?
2: Okay, so... Gravity fist. No, uh... Go on. So, Oswald's little uh, emerald aethites, right? So these are going to increase the density. Was it density or mass?
0: Density. It wouldn't be able to increase the mass.
2: Okay, sure. I'll pretend Oswald said that. <laughs> increase the density. Density! Of... It wouldn't
0: be able to increase the mass. Otherwise, they'd get sure. bigger.
2: <laughs> increase the density of Tux's fists. So, punchy. Heavy fist, gravity <laughs> fist, punch lizard. So,
3: Punchy. I mean, I'm gonna. So have Oswald you. starts uh, s- scribbling on the wall the equation of like mat, you know, of mass moving at a certain speed, uh, you know, Newtonian physics, basically. And uh, Shea is just like doing punching motions and saying "punch lizards." So if this is applied exactly at the apex of a strike, it will uh, give it a little boost uh, uh so to speak so
4: shay is doing like slow like 80s style aerobic like punching while like oswald is in the background with a big whiteboard that he managed to <laughs> find during this chaos describing all of the math for it and, like we're gonna fucking die here
1: <laughs> like like neither of them described in late terms because oswald no. is like, way theoretical and they just on shay's <laughs> And Shay's just too fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> just I can too make excited. it.
2: I can make it work.
0: I don't know how it works. It just does. As wave three begins, and the muskers begin clawing their way up the sides of this building, the first one to make it over the breach lands before Shay and Oswald have a chance to get off the roof. Just as you finished attaching the gravity fists and attempting to explain what they do, you are given an opportunity to test them yourself, Amari, as this first enormous lizard lands on the roof and you see it pop up directly behind Oswald. Who? <gasps> and you see it loom over the little Avia man. Stop. Tilt its head, as it considers, and then it will look up and seems to ignore Oswald. He's lizard repellent.
2: That's What's just the r- smell.
3: Hmm. Twelve loco.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're freeze-dried rats the time, all the time.
4: Not gonna lie, that smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> it Stings the nostrils. <laughs>
0: pungent (laughs) and in your mind Oswald you hear it's not even here you just feel these words bubble up out of your subconscious out of nowhere and you just think the words Atlas reader recognized
1: oh shit it's the TiVo they're responding to the TiVo you can control the lizards. Oh my god, god, become god of the
0: lizards.
1: Become king of lizards.
0: And that is when I it clops over Oswald and it tries oh, to po- eat Shay.
2: Oh, punchy lizard. Punch lizard.
0: <laughs> Amari, want to give me a lizard punching roll?
4: Yeah. Okay, so I I was prepared for one, another one of our like ridiculous uh, <laughs> uh, rolls. So, I will save that for a half second. And let's get ready to, to do some punching.
0: Um, oh, so a, okay. a field stress test on the gravity fist. Yeah. Gravity fist.
3: Uh, this pretty being recorded, pretty by punch. the way. Just, just thought I'd let you know. 10, 10, 9, 3. So, 32.
0: As we cut to the found footage from Oswald's point of view one more time, and you see this massive four-legged creature, like some kind of horror giraffe, striding over you, Oswald, you see this mech reel back with this enormous fist as this creature is lunging towards Shay and you are in a perfect position to see that fist connect with this thing's center mass and there's a moment when the fist hits and then suddenly the emerald aethite around its wrist glows suddenly and then there's a and you feel the shockwave over your head as this lizard is sent flying hundreds of feet in the opposite direction Don't touch my engineer. (laughs)
3: Thank
2: you. See, lizard punch, gravity fist,
3: gravity fist. I get it now. I think Oswald and screens. Yeah, I think Oswald and Shay give each other like a thumbs up. Like we did it. (laughs) But yes,
0: behind cover once again. As you get down off of the roof and back onto the into the second story of this place. There are windows in the second story. There are no windows in the first story. So if these creatures are going to get inside, they're going to do it on the second story. The first story door is barred and sealed and presumably locked. If they decide to just batter it down, they're going to have a hell of a time, but that's not to say that they can't. Yeah. And Mike, just to double check,
3: I heard, what was the exact message I heard about the Atlas? I just want to make sure I get that down um, verbatim. My
0: notes. Uh, it was.
1: Atlas reader recognized. Yes.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, as we enter the third and final wave, this will be another group check. The number you all have to beat is 100. Hooray. I'll go first. A <laughs> uh, question. Mm hmm.
2: Can we use the same stuff we used the first wave? If you'd like. Okay.
0: Theoretically, I cannot, but that's okay. Right. Okay. More than theoretically, in fact, you cannot. Yeah.
2: (laughs) In theory and practice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, everything's theoretical. That's fair. So, with his newfound gravity fists, Amari is leading the charge from the roof of this building.
4: Yep. Um, let's see here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is bold, and I'm gonna spend an Aether die to activate Daredevil, so I can double my tactics and talent die, which we now know is uh two d12, so that makes it four d12. <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: and then yeah. I'm going to spend two the aether in tux. And then can I spend one aether to activate Daredevil and one aether of my own? Yeah, absolutely. They're not like, okay, cool. No. And then one more aether of my own.
0: That's a lot of so, dice.
4: Yeah, 2d10, 4d12, 2d6, and a d8. That
0: seems pretty good. It kind of needs to be, though. Well, Yeah. What is everyone else considering rolling here?
1: Can I um can I spend an experience point to have used Aether Leech during the down the little quiet time?
0: Sure. Since we're still technically in the same scene. That seems like something you could have reasonably done. Yeah. What are you yeah. leeching? Just You said that still like
1: sorry growling happening Uh, Mm -hmm. you said there's still like lighting in town is there anything powered on
0: in this building yes all of tux's diagnostic equipment
1: oh no
2: not that stuff
1: hey
2: shay shay's like looking at florian looking at the systems like don't even fucking think about it
0: (laughs) I i meant like the lights or something no not really Every, all the power is routed into Shay's makeshift uh, console bank that's now in the second story of this building.
1: Alright. Well, if I mean, if there's nothing to leech, then I wouldn't have done that, but I definitely... I, Plenty
0: of guns. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess I have my regular I have my regular coal foundation pistol. I guess I'll just take that. Bye. <laughs> it, like, it, like, shit doesn't doesn't like explode but it does like full on shatter in Florian's hands as he's just like I need this
0: this is not a gun now this is a sandwich this now this now this is a bludgeoning tool here Oswald
1: train me
3: what my gun for for a sandwich (laughs) Um. oh my gun for a sandwich (laughs) all right
4: so, uh Operation Gravity Fist I think was a decently successful um you know uh endeavor.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh 49. Ooh. A mile 11 basically half our ground. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Now
2: that I have finished operi- operation Gravity Fist, I am ready to get back into this uh fucking cello duet or whatever.
0: My poetry, which is just like people. cello duet or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, that's me, baby. That's that's my role on the show. I'm reverent,
0: <laughs> and we love you for it.
2: Everyone, yes. Yeah. Um, ooh, my tactic was a uh, highest number on the dice. Um, so I'm super. I did this a super smart way. I'm just. We don't have like
3: dice crits anymore. It's
0: but you can make your own crits, isn't not isn't that more satisfying? Sometimes. It's not. <laughs>
3: we just made uh, uh, gravity punches real, so I think this is true.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm riding gravity fists still. Yeah. Raising.
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate you, Ellie.
2: Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice, stinker?
0: I, for one, just accept uh, the Gravity Fist. So irreverent. It's easier that
4: way. Living (laughs) up immediately. Immediately.
2: Uh,
0: So 49 is what we're sitting at currently. Yeah. Who's got what next? Uh, While Elliot
1: is calculating, Florian is going to <laughs> Use the aether from that gun to like sort of compensate for the fact that his dominant hand doesn't work. Um, and I rolled a thirty. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, twenty-eight.
0: Twenty-eight. Okay, so uh, forty-nine plus twenty-eight is fifty-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah, forty. Okay, that bumps us up to one
3: hundred and seventeen. Oh, so I just Oswald chill, bring us home. Oh you want me to I was gonna I was gonna uh go all in, but um please do, I no, don't do that. I don't have to do
2: that. We still have
3: a whole mission to do. That's true. Uh I will spend my one lat remaining Aether die to use the mastermind trait. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I'm gonna do based on uh observing the the fungal uh material that I examined from the corpse is not even the right word, but, um, remains, I remains. I use my planetology or actually wait, wait, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to use Bell Smith again. Right. Cause I used it the first wave. It's once
0: said. per scene. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't think about that very well. I am. So, so the, the, The creatures did not attack me because for whatever reason, I I heard a message say Atlas reader recognized. So what I'm going to attempt to do is use aether tech to send out a, I'm going to use the specs or some, or or we'll, we'll go with that to send out a signal that would give these creatures the assumption that they that everybody is me is there a way that I can make that
0: happen? You are trying, hmm. I mean, there's lots of ways to make that happen. There is, yeah, to, try to use some kind of illusion to make everyone look like you, you could use etherics to try to make everyone masked by your etheric signature. You could try to make it so the only thing these creatures are seeing or are imprinting on in some way through Etherix is you. I mean, there's lots of ways to try to do what you're kind of talking about. Yeah, let's go with uh, changing. Go, their- I'll say this much. It's going to be difficult no matter which way you swing it.
3: Sure, yeah. Uh, there's a reason why I am uh, using my mastermind here mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. try and figure this out. Let's go ahead and change their etheric signature so that, um, or at least mask their etheric signature um, so that they only per, I don't know uh, can sense me or or something. Um, you're, you're very not, specific. I,
0: you, you don't you know. know precisely what it is they're homing in on. So yeah. you're kind of just shooting in the dark that this might be what it is and it might work. You don't know, just like the gravity fist. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... Kind of <laughs>
3: very, very true. This yeah. is very,
0: I'm. I'm just letting you know that you're very much making uh, some suppositions about some stuff, Damn. and you would be doing that no matter what you tried here. Um, yeah. It's just you're you're taking a complete shot in the dark here. Yeah. Uh um, I mean that's that's all I got. So
3: Okay, that's um, fair we will go with that was my last ether point. So it's gonna
4: be weird if they recognize you by smell. I mean that's really gonna come back and just be like, wait, really?
3: That's true. Uh um, you got, Oswald? Okay, okay, okay.
0: Twenty-two? Twenty-two. That makes our grand total 139, and your goal was 100. The last wave of these creatures that comes down upon you is thunderous and all-consuming. They're coming from every direction. They're swarming over this stump. They are just a wave of creatures this is the Urukai at Helm's Deep. This is a Zerg rush. This is every nightmarish horde scenario from every zombie movie as you look out from standing on the roof of the building and it's just wave after wave of these creatures pouring in from every direction. Those that you kill quickly turn to mulch beneath the cloven, clawed limbs of their fellows. Amari's targets are maybe luckier by the fact that they're ejected from this stump and sent sailing through the air like a home run bat in super smash brothers as you are holding this last bastion i need each of you to roll me a d12
3: Nine. Seven eight. One.
0: One seven nine and what was the one? Eight. Eight.
3: Seven. Eight.
0: So as the fight rages, and over the course of the next half hour, you begin to lose people. Bidane and Jaska are thrown from the roof of the building landing amidst the horde. Little Tippy is dragged headfirst out through one of the windows of the second story of this building.
1: Oh, poor big Tippy.
0: The sheriff himself is near a window and as Sheriff Tybalt is leaning out and shooting this spread shot down, I need Oswald and... Shay, you clearly see a moment where there's one of these muskers coming in through the window and grabbing the sheriff. And there's a moment where Harcourt probably could have turned and shot this thing, and he doesn't. He continues to fire out into the crowd of monsters coming in. But you see him make a choice not to save the sheriff as the sheriff is torn out through the second story window. Mustard.
4: Just, and, and just for, like, reference, wasn't the sheriff, like, the one person who was kind of pretty pretty nice to him?
0: At the very least, he was utilizing Harcourt. You don't know about nice. I uh, okay. didn't really dig into what his opinions were on Harcourt. All you know is, yeah, you, the two of you see Harcourt make this decision in real time. He turns, he sees this thing grabbing him and pulling him out, and rather than turning his gun on the creature that's grabbing the sheriff, he continues to fire out the window. But that being said, as the fighting rages around you, and once or twice one of these creatures gets into the second story of this building and begins causing havoc, and Oswald, something you notice is every single time that happens, they're not... Attacking people at random. You see for a fact that they are ignoring people until those people shoot at them. They'll react to violence, but they won't immediately attack an individual until they are attacked. They seem to almost ignore them in the same way they're ignoring you. You think whatever you did worked. That being said, it's tough to stop these people from shooting at the horrible giant lizards that are coming for them. Yeah, that's fair. Amari, as you stand on the roof of this building, punching these muskers into oblivion, there are individuals nearby. Florian's uncle, Yulin, is close by, providing cover at your rear. There's the the sniper... Like an ider who's not even using their scope anymore, just firing indiscriminately into the crowd of these beasts. You can shoot wherever you want, and you're going to hit a target. It doesn't matter. No scope, millionaire, <laughs> kiltacular, Jarro.
4: <Kill-man-jar-o>. Yeah, <laughs> in freaking possible or
0: whatever. <laughs> As. The time drags on, and it's just this endless, ceaseless pounding. Your brain, Amari, begins to grow numb in a familiar sort of way as the repetitive nature of this fight grinds itself into your brain. You've had these feelings before. War can feel like this sometimes. when It's just the grinding, repetitive nature of the fight. Occasionally there are those tactical moments where you have to make quick decisions and secure strong points, but sometimes you're just pounding. And it beats into your brain in a way that causes nerves to throb and pain to feel like a distant memory. It's all about just the explosions and the violence and the repetitive motion of fight, fight, fight. Because if you don't, you'll die and the people around you will die. When the spotlight illuminates the roof of this building, and you see the Tyresian descending from the sky, there is a sigh of relief that isn't broken by a lack of violence. The violence is still happening. The muskers are still pouring into this position. The loading ramp of the Tiresian is lowered, even as the ship hovers above you, and you see a figure leaning out the back with this massive shard launcher on a shoulder and begins firing it down into these creatures. These spiraling shrapnel shards of crystal fly through the air, hit the ground, and explode in a rain of fungal limbs. And now we begin the fourth wave. Oh, jeez. Getting out. (laughs) I've played Left 4 Dead. I don't know. Florian, Amari, you are on the Mm -hmm. roof of this building. Shay, Oswald, you are on the second story. Shay and Oswald, you see Big Tippy, Hardcourt, and another gang member down here with you. The rest are on the roof. What do you do? We know that the ship is... You know the ship is there as your comms light up, and Duma says, We think it's time to go, yes? Uh, I guess we...
3: Yes. Uh, I suggest that everybody run to the roof. Uh, We have our escape.
2: Uh, I'm going to expend an experience point to just say that I pack all of this stuff up. Like, I made it so that it was easily collapsible when i set it up and i can just okay very quickly get it packed up and go
0: mhm
3: and there are these muskers down on the first floor as well or
0: um they're coming in through the windows on the second story where you are so this may sound a bit uh, crazy but i think
3: they may not temporarily speaking they may not attack us. Are they, if we don't attack first, do I? Do I still get the impression? Do I get the impression that that may have stopped after the first or after the last wave? Um, or you don't know.
0: Well, so is what you're doing trying to uh, influence the people down here into not shooting at the muskers to try to make an escape? Just just escape. That's
3: all they should focus on. Yeah, I'd like to influence them to just focus on
0: getting out. But you're telling them to stop attacking, to maybe not provoke the muskers, or are you just telling them to run? But, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them to... Because telling them to run is easy. They're more than inclined to do that. But if you're trying to tell these people to stop shooting at the giant murder lizards, that's going to a, need a roll.
3: yeah. And Shay, Maybe yeah, I can could... spend
0: an experience, and you've collapsed the, uh, the stuff down into a few uh, semi-transportable crates that you basically have to just drag behind you and get up the stairs onto the roof. Uh, how about this? I as a- after everybody
3: makes their way up the sort of entryway or I guess exit to the roof, as we're being pursued by these things, I use. Gravity well on the door to make it heavier and make it harder for them to get through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That will be a gravity well spellcast, uh, spellcraft okay. roll. I am Amari good. Florian as the ship is above you and the retreat is sounded. Are you are you doing anything to try to help this?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm going to cover cover everyone's exit i think florian well i mean i don't know about Mari, but i imagine yes i think florian's gonna try to be like last one last man out probably besides the mech
4: <laughs> yeah it's probably a, a good call in, in yeah. terms of not being the last last one out
1: uh and i am specifically going to make sure that harcourt gets on this fucking sh- ship mm-hmm.
0: I was wondering if anyone was going to call out that specifically. Good. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, listen, like the, like I said last time, I fucking already did a big pitched battle where I lost the one person who could give us information. I'm not going to do that again.
0: Mm. Alright. So you want to try to guarantee that Harcourt makes it out of this alive. Yes okay what kind of tactic and talent would you like to use to do that
1: oh good i actually already had that uh locked and loaded um i am going to uh use the um use the fact that i like know i just realized my mic's probably been weird again Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, sorry um The dog climbed up on my lap, so I had to move the mic out of the way. Uh, I'm going to use the fact that I know, like, most of these people, and I'm going to uh, enlist their help in just, like, making sure that this guy gets on the, specifically Eiders, I think I will probably ask them and have them kind of relay, like, hey, Harcourt's not, keep an eye on this fool. (laughs) And get him on the, hey hey wait a second and when this guy comes up onto the roof get him on the ship please okay and i will roll influence for that if it's needed
0: no that's cool amari you doing anything specific to help this for, i'm i'm
4: attempting to clear as many things off any as many muskers off the roof as possible I'm trying to create like a I don't I don't know how the shuttle or the Tyresean is coming down if it's lowering like a boarding ramp to the side of the the building or what, but I would imagine that's Basically. probably the case. Okay. I would I I need to make like an alleyway, a, a clear path for them to get straight to it. All right.
0: That sounds like you're doing some more gravity fisting.
1: Yep, gravity fisting. <sighs>
0: Imagine, please,
1: like, please don't call it that.
0: It's it's canon now. It's for,
4: it's uh, thanks to Oswald. It's now on the the net. So yeah, true. Sorry. Yeah. go ahead and try and fight the internet. It won't work. Won't look. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: uh, go all in on this.
4: If I've spent all my aether die, I can't go back to.
0: I can't go all in, right? You can go all in. Mm-hmm. After you I've spent can. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't okay. you won't have any extra to spend while going all in, but you still no, have the, the maximum number of Aether die to use in the roll. Okay. Yeah. In that case, I'll use my last aether die.
4: Uh and what would happen uh theoretically if I used the last aether in Tux?
0: That's a very good question. Not letting that happen today. Um, if uh in the past, when you've used the last aether in a piece of technology, it loses power. Hmm. Not today. Can't do it.
4: (laughs) Stars are not in position.
3: Stars! (laughs) are
4: not in
2: position. We can't even see them because there's a planet covering all
0: of them. Not today, lizard devil.
2: Not today, lizard devil. Lizard Satan.
4: Uh, Okay, so 10, 4, 6, that's 20
0: plus 9. 29. Wow. Mm. As uh, And uh, Oswald did you roll the gravity well To hold the door down I I
3: have not yet I have no aether so it's just It's just a straight
0: roll Wow nice old school (laughs) (laughs) Is it a
3: critical failure Oh critical failure No The door goes flying up
0: into the sky (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I guess that's uh... I'm not yeah, even going to ask for a condition or anything I just say, the door goes flying away It's just <laughs> it's Rocketing <laughs> away from the planet
1: Yeah I'm, on the, I on imagine the
3: gravity of I this imagine planet.
1: whoever Is next to you is like What the fuck
3: That Was not supposed to happen Um an Run Run <laughs>
0: The people around you are a little concerned that you have made it more easy for the muskers to now get to the roof, but your logic is not necessarily in question as there is an escape vector in the form of the Tyresian on quick approach. The fact that you don't actually hit the Tyresian with this door is a stroke of luck. <laughs>
3: that was my question. Uh, I'll just I'll just point at it and say, distraction. Um, maybe that'll convince them. I don't know.
0: The other planet above you is so close you don't think that door's coming back down. <laughs> Cut to On the planet Sara, there is a young goat herd who <laughs> stares out, out over the night engulfed valleys as a door descends from the heavens.
3: <laughs>
0: oh god, a religion is about to start. <laughs>
1: That's some burning
0: bush shit.
3: As the, the door, falling door, cleaves
0: a tree in half, the young goat herd just goes, "Well, dang!" <laughs> Meanwhile, <sighs> Shay, you have lugged these big cases over across the roof. The tightening circle of survivors is now gathering near where the Tiresian is about to make uh, its descent. Meanwhile, Tux is swinging around like a whirling dervish, f- laying waste to these muskers. What you didn't know about the gravity fists is that they are, can also be gravity karate chops. Goddamn yeah. right. I can't.
2: <laughs> gravity chop. I didn't even consider gravity it's chops.
0: In, you take
4: the fist and then you open it. That's My God. Go. My the
3: God, The possibilities he's too powerful. Are limitless.
0: So as you sweep and scythe to the side and clear a path for those who are making their way towards the Tiresian, Florian almost bodily pushing Harcourt towards the ship, about half of the survivors that started here at the beginning of the night make their way onto the Tiresian. Among them is Harcourt, Ulan, and Ider. Only one of the twins makes it out, Big Tippy, his short legs pounding up the ramp of the ship. Oro and Kupine also make it out, but every other member of the gang fell at some point in the night. The woman who was on the edge of the ship, who is even now loading more shards into this shoulder-mounted shard launcher, Florin, you would I- immediately recognize as your mother.
1: Yay!
0: I was going to say, who the, where did they get a shard launcher?
1: Yeah, she just has those.
0: Mother knows best. Lyra will exchange a look with both you and Yulin as you come up the ramp of the ship, give you a grim nod, and then raise the shard launcher back up onto her shoulder and fire it indiscriminately out into the darkness.
1: That's my mommy.
0: That voice comes out, out of Florian. Out of Florian! Florian. We're like, oh. <laughs> <The> fuck. <laughs> yeah. You were the last one on the roof. As you see, the muskers are even now climbing up from the undercroft of the building below the Tyresean and attempting to leap up and grab onto the underside of the ship. I mean, I... So, if... <sighs> I mean like I can't I have no weapons. I'm saying you're oh, the last is, one yes. on the on the roof and you see this happening. There's an open bay behind you. There's somebody waving you in. What are you doing? Oh, oh it's time to go then. Okay. Yeah. The muskers press in around you and you ha- are fighting them. As you step back onto the ramp, and as you're standing there on the ramp, just at the lip of it, you are still punching and chopping at these creatures as they're coming at you. Shard launcher, cast aside for fear of exploding too close, those with guns are still holding up behind you and firing into this crowd of monsters as they pour in. Up,
4: up, up, go, 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 go.
0: Duma says, okie-dokie, and you feel the Tiresian buck and lift. And even as it rises up, you see one musker at the very least, scrabbling and clawing at the edge of the metal on the underside of the ship and then fall away, back down into a horde of these swarming things. And as you pull up and get a good look at the stump, it's just like ants pouring out of an anthill. They're just absolutely covering the township of Berdia.
4: Um, I would like there to be one musker that I, like, punch off the edge of the, the boarding ramp as I as I point at it with one finger and say, get off my plane.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. As you Harrison Ford this thing out mm-hmm. the back <laughs> of the Tiresian. Those of you who survived the night make a escape from... Berdia, from Joretta from this nightmare that this world has become. As the Tyresian lifts off and away, not really straining under the weight of its cargo, you're not straining the weight limits of this craft like they were earlier today. You'll hear Duma's voice over the intercom saying, Okay, I think we are away now. Um, where are we going to? Back to all other refugees? Or what? where is we going? I think that's
4: probably a good call. I don't think being anywhere on this planet currently is a, like, let's hang out here. This place is super safe. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Duma.
0: good, Good call. And as you fly up and away, there is... A sigh of relief from the survivors. There is a weary slumping of a completely exhausted mech as it begins to power down as you manage to get out of the cockpit. And it looks as though Tux itself is almost exhausted as the mech slumps into its powered down state. Spattered in the fungal gore of the muskers. And Oracle Zero, you have escaped the siege of Berdia with precious cargo now in tow in the form of a former Children of A-Tier, the former Legion officer known as Harcourt. Now, what you do with this individual and what your next step is, is up to you, but it is also something I think we will discover next time.
4: Get off my plane. And I kick <laughs> <hardcore> out.
0: <laughs> because as always, you can find us online at matcomrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners.
1: You can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So
2: come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile.
4: You can find me at The Readimus on Instagram and Twitter where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check
3: it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show, by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do
0: so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram, at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.
4: Bye.